the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back Wednesday, November 11th, 2020, as we head into Hour 2 of our daily three-hour tour. Jonathan Tobin is the uh, editor-in-chief at JNS.org, Jewish National Service, columnist for National Syndicate, columnist for the New York Post, and a senior contributor over at The Federalist, and wrote an excellent column over at Newsweek that I knew I wanted to talk to him about, and then a few other things as well. Democrats' sore loser hypocrisy is damaging democracy. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Great to be with you, Seth. Thanks for having me back. Um, There's a lot here. Can I ask you to walk us through it a little bit, what you're writing here in Newsweek today? Well, I think the, you know, it starts from the assumption that is being promoted in much of the mainstream media that Republicans are being sore losers, that President Trump's refusal and that of many, you know, many, if not most of his supporters to accept the projected outcome as reported in the press, um, in which Joe Biden is, uh, has been declared the winner of the presidential election, that they're being sore losers, um, that the um, accusations, that the claims that uh, voter fraud or you know, mistakes, what what have you, um, are responsible for um, Biden's victory and that this can or will be reversed in recounts or court challenges. So that's, you know, this is anti-democratic. Um, they're trying to overturn the results of the election and uh, behaving badly. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's an argument. Mm-hmm. But whether or not you think Trump and the Republicans should uh, concede whether you think that their challenges have any chance at all. And admittedly, it's, it's going to be a heavy lift to reverse the, the outcome in a few different states. Um, the claim that Democrats have the high ground in this sort of a situation um, is nuts. And, and it's total hypocrisy. <clears throat> um, because after all, we have spent the last four years in this country with about half the country trying to overturn the results of the last election in 2016. And Democrats promoted conspiracy theories, um, did everything they could to delegitimize the winner of the 2016 election, down to basically overshadowing, you know, started with overshadowing his uh, inauguration with a protest. Uh, led by anti-Semites and radicals at the Women's March. Um, It began even before that with the Obama administration. Um, And I should say, Hillary Clinton did concede, concede, and uh, President Obama did make a show of cooperating with the transition. But in fact, Hillary has never given up her claim that she didn't really lose. And Obama, even as he was saying he was going to cooperate with the transition, was allowing his um, 
his intelligence services and, and much of the government to act against the incoming administration with a bogus investigation um, into Russia collusion that was based on a uh, easily disproved false document, the Steele dossier, and um, a really extra-constitutional investigation of Trump's uh, people, including General Mike Flynn, who was set up with a perjury trap that wound up being you know, fired and, and prosecuted. Um, and we had the mainstream media promoting this myth that Trump didn't really win the election, um, that whatever advantage he did have was caused by um, a WikiLeaks uh, drop of uh, John Podesta, the former Democratic national chairman's emails, that that did it, it was the Russians did it, Russian bots. And it created a whole narrative of illegitimacy for Trump. I mean, over and above the fact that most of the mainstream media was in was in in the tank for Joe Biden, refused to report anything negative about him in, in during the the campaign, and were reinforced by social media oligarchs at Facebook and Twitter that censored um, anything uh, that was unflattering to Biden. So this whole premise that you know, Democrats are just standing for democracy. Republicans are trying to overthrow democracy and being sore losers. It just doesn't wash. And, and, and I, I say that even if you think Biden won the election, Trump should, you know, be a, a good sport about it. It's still baloney because the Democrats have been sore losers for four years. That, that's a gr- that's a that's a great great walking through of what you wrote in Newsweek. We're talking to Jonathan Tobin. Jonathan, and, and and of course, you know, you could have gone on with many more such examples. You you, you hit some great ones, obviously. Um, there's another element to this too, isn't there? And in in the sense of, yes, we're some of us are being called sore losers. Um, some of us are saying we're a threat to democracy. But there's also something that the media is continuing to perpetuate. Now, you've been in the media how long? I've known you about 20 years. You've been in longer than that, though, haven't you? You've been in the... You, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a media behave the way they have over the last four or five years? Have you ever seen anything like it? Let me give an example. Let me give an example. The White House press secretary is giving a holding a press conference two days ago. And a major, and she is alleging voter fraud or election fraud, and a ma- and and just starting to, and is about to un, 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 unveil certain examples, including with a campaign attorney, and a major cable network host, in this case Neil Cavuto, cuts away saying, "We can't air this. This is a bridge too far. Short of any evidence, I just can't, in good conscience, air this." That's basically what he said, if not exactly what he said. And then I turned over to C-SPAN and watched that they unload these pieces of evidence for whatever it's worth. But he cuts away. The media routinely cut away from President Trump, social media routinely censoring him and his supporters, routinely refusing to cover negative stories about the Biden family having to do with the laptop. And so have you ever seen a media behave like this in so openly one-sided a um, direction while all the time maintaining high and mighty neutrality? Have you ever seen anything like it? Um, not in a democracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in a free country. Right. L- let me, you know, let me put this in perspective. Okay. It's it's what Trump has had to deal with. Trump isn't perfect. He throws around a lot of stuff. Um, he's easy to take shots at. 
what has happened with Trump and the sort of the media stacking the decks against him is a big part of this question when you're asking, like, what's going on with the media, what's going yeah. on with the press yeah. in our time. Yeah. But it's not the whole story. It's a symptom of it. Okay. And um, when I speak to many of my liberal colleagues over these last years, and, you know, I, I've gotten a certain message, and it's now it's started a sort of... Um, uh, under under the table, not not being spoken aloud, mm-hmm. and now it's being spoken aloud in this year, last year, and that it's not just we don't want to do anything to help Trump, we don't want to do anything to hurt his opponent. It's that many journalists no longer conceive of their job as just to report the news, let the let the people sort it out, make you know make up their own mind. They believe that they're their purpose is to serve what they consider to be justice, yeah. and that anything that isn't biased towards their particular progressive, and most journalists are liberal, progressive point of view can't be done. I 100% agree that's with you. That's what happened with the New York Times absolutely this agree. past summer absolutely. with the Black Lives Matter yep. movement coverage yep. um, at the Washington Post. You know, it, it's... But it's been going on at CNN, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. never mind Neil Cavuto. It's it's how it became normal for a White House press. Oops, we lost Jonathan. Can we call him back? We'll get him right back. That's okay. This is a point I've been making for a long time in different words, I suppose, and we'll get Jonathan back on. To just Bill, just tell him we'll start with him at the next break, if that's okay. And the point is this: that the media whether it's social, whether it's tech, whether it's print, whether it's televised, the media believes that there is a fair and respectable, for lack of a better word, valence of public opinion and public policy options, and that the conservative public opinion and policy options are not in that credible, on that credible um, uh, line, or are not on that credible parallel, are not in that credible universe. And since it's not a credible position, the Trump position or the Republican or the conservative position, it is their duty, it is their duty as they see it, to only cover with quote-unquote respectability and fairness that which is credible. It turns out, in their minds, it turns out it's that which is desired. But once you write conservative viewpoints off, as not legitimate, as not having a place on the in the spectrum or on the on the on the on the longitudinal plane, then sure, it's much like what I said about the marchers and protesters and rioters who compare Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler or his supporters to fascists. Once you do that, once they're in that category, what wouldn't you do to take them out of office? We'll come back with more from Jonathan Tobin when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have Jonathan Tobin with us. He is a senior contributor at the Federalist columnist for the New York Post and editor-in-chief of the uh, Jewish uh, News Syndicate. Will uh, April, Jeff, Mike, we'll get to you in a moment. Please don't go away. Jonathan, you were saying right before the break, uh, right before we lost you, something that I've been saying for a long time, and it's hard to describe. I, it, let me see if I have it right as, as, you're, as you're explaining it, that to the journalists— in the mainstream media, there is a respectable 
credible wingspan of opinion, public opinion, public policy, you name it. And to the degree that they have written out conservatives or Trump supporters or Trump himself as beyond that stage, not welcome on that stage, not in the respectable universe of opinion, their job, as they now see it, is not to cover the wingnut out there, but to preserve the stage of, as they define it, credible opinion, which runs somewhere on the uh, line that begins perhaps with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and ends at the extreme perhaps with Joe Lieberman. That's about the stage that they and, – and it's effectively what has happened on college campuses or at least in political science departments. They have done what political science departments on college faculties have done. Do I have this about right? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's very true. I think this sort of cancel culture – this one-sided approach to things um, and the idea that anybody who does not, you know, validate progressive left-wing views is beyond the pale. It right. started on campuses, but now it's migrated everywhere. Right. And, you know, right. Certainly it has taken over journalism right. okay. um, to the point where, as we saw last month with the Hunter Biden story that came out, um, and, you know, let me make this clear. The fact that his son was a grift, you know, Joe Biden's son was a grifter and an influence peddler doesn't necessarily mean, you know, obviously there were accusations about Biden's involvement. It doesn't necessarily mean that that was enough to change somebody's vote. Um, but it was a legitimate story. And almost the entire mainstream media took a pass on it because they were not willing to publish anything that could possibly Kurt Biden helped Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the social media, you know, oligarchs, they start censoring anybody who talks about that story. And, and, and it just it became bigger than the story itself. Right. Was the censorship. Right. And, you know, it feeds into this this big picture story uh, about the election where, you know, where where any dissent against the idea um, about, uh, you know, the, the prevailing narrative uh, must be knocked down. Again, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure, um, I'm far from sure that the outcome as reported, you know, can be changed. Right. Um, it, it's a really heavy lift. I yep. mean, I've been covering politics, as you said. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, a you, really long time. Sure. Um, close elections, it's really tough, you know, recount to when it's only, you know, a handful of votes. I, I remember covering a congressional race in eastern Connecticut where there were three recounts and you know the, the margin was like 30 odd votes believe mm-hmm. it or not yeah. and each time they came up with a different outcome yeah right God. right the number was different although the same guy won each time okay but the number was different so I know these things you know recounts can be crazy um, but it's really hard to, to flip tens of thousands of votes. So, I, But I, there you know, is I would... a perspective that's needed a little bit here. I think you'd agree, right, that this tyrant Trump, what is his tyrannous act? Having lawyers file yeah. claims in state and federal court. That's the tyranny yeah, over, it, right? Listen, that's um, the tyranny. Challenging result is entirely legitimate. Now, let's, let's put the shoe on the other foot. That's for the test, yep. If we, if we assume, as appears to have been the case that Democrats voted disproportionately um, by mail-in ballots, and Republicans, whether because they're just traditionalists by nature 
or because of the criticisms from Trump and Republicans about, you know, problems, uh, you know, uh, about mail-in ballots, they voted in person. Mm-hmm. So it set up this dynamic where the, the in-person vote was one way and the mail-in ballot vote was another way. But say it had been the reverse. Yeah. Say Republicans were so scared of showing up at, you know, yeah. um, uh, on Election Day because of COVID or whatever, and they all voted by mail-in ballots, and Democrats took the opposite, and they voted in person. So say Democrats were forced to watch, you know, um, they, that their candidate was winning on election night, and then to sort of watch in horror as the mail ballot, mail-in ballot started being counted, especially here in Pennsylvania, where I live. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, a 700,000 lead for, the, for one candidate disappeared. Right. There's no question that even if it's totally legitimate, and I'm not saying it is isn't right. totally legitimate, right. there's no question that Democrats' care would be on fire. Especially what they've, they given be, what they've said about the Trump presidency thus yeah, far. Right, 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 that they right. would be asking questions and saying, are you sure about this? Yeah. How yeah. can it be true? Yeah. Um, and, you know, so for Republicans to have this very normal reaction to this, very unusual dynamic in an election. We've never had an election like it. We've never had a count like this. For for people to say it's illegitimate for there to be investigations or recounts or challenges, that's nuts. Whoever loses in a close race is always going to challenge it, is always going to play every card in the deck to see if they can possibly um, win. That's just fair. Um, that, that's just normal. But because of this you know, a tribal that our politics is taken on the aspect of tribal warfare because, in so many respects, politics has replaced the role that religion used to yep, play yep. in American life. Yep. For the for so many Americans, um, you know, we can't tolerate. We can't tolerate people on the other side. We can't tolerate their leaders. We view them as not just you know wrong but evil. We don't credit them or their supporters with good motives. And we are quick to to label them as enemies of democracy. So my point here, and then especially I tried to make that in that Newsweek piece, was, you know, this whole sore loser narrative, this idea that one side is not allowed to to contest an election from people who just spent four years contesting an election and delegitimizing a president in ways that we have never done before in this country with a stacked media. That's the problem with that's the threat to democracy. That's the threat. Not the fact that Trump is sort of you know going to the last ditch and mm-hmm. going to use every challenge he has to see if the, the outcome can be reversed. It's the refusal to accept that that is the real problem, not a lawsuit. Nice, Jonathan. This has been great. It's a great piece. I'm I'm recommending it to everyone. Democrats' sore loser hypocrisy is what's damaging to democracy. Jonathan Tobin in Newsweek this week. Editor-in-chief of JNS, columnist for the New York Post, senior contributor at The Federalist. Jonathan, thank you so very much. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. We'll talk to you soon. April, Jeff, Mike, don't go away. We will be right back. Oh, my gosh, whether it's uh, the news or the weather or the season or the time of year, it's time for balance of nature. If you don't take it, please take a look at it. I take it every single day. can't say enough about it. All organic, 
all the fruits and veggies and balance of nature picked at their peak of ripeness, all third-party tested, the most effective whole food supplement on the market. Tens of thousands of vital nutrients in each dose. It boosts your immunity and improves your health. There's just no question about it, and I swear to it. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800 2468 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. April is in Scottsdale. Hello, April. Hello, Seth. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I um, I felt to respond when your caller said the sleeping giant has been awakened. Right. Yeah. Right. That's How- what Churchill said after Pearl Harbor was bombed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew this was coming. I didn't know exactly how it would play out how long it would take, but I had an experience, and I'm very actually left-brain, logical, analytical, but I had a more intuitive kind of experience in my junior year of high school when um, I wasn't political at all. Actually, I never really have been very grassroots political, but um, I had this experience in homeroom while saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and my my parents were moderate. Um, we talked a little bit about politics, more my dad's complaints about taxes than anything else. But um, my parents weren't involved. So so this kind of came out of the blue because all my friends were out on the front lawn protesting Vietnam War, and I wasn't and, uh, and didn't. And I actually ended up enlisting in in 7th Infantry Division at the tail end of Vietnam. Well, Happy Veterans Day, and thank you for your service. Ah, thank you. Well, yes, you're very welcome. I didn't see battle action, but I was um, combat trained for the full two years I was in, and um, they never deployed us because it was the tail end. It, there were only about six months left for the war. and um, But anyway, so... So here I'm saying the pledge, and um, and I started crying to my well, I didn't show, but my eyes welled up, and I heard in my mind, "You may lose your country someday." Hmm. I'm like, "Whoa, where'd that come from?" And my parents didn't talk like this; they weren't concerned about the uh, viability of our constitution and nothing like that, and. This experience was so powerful, though, that it affected me physically. And um, and so it informed, actually, a lot of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And although I didn't get involved in politics much, I did have a couple of copies of the Constitution. I'm so nervous. I'm don't blurring. be. You're doing just <laughs> fine. You, you, you are Army combat. You don't need to be nervous about a radio show. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right, uh, but um, I had a couple copies, little pamphlet copies of the entire Constitution, the rights, and the other amendments, in different rooms in my home while I was raising my children, and um, we talked a lot about the Constitution, though, because as the years went on, we saw it being compromised. Yeah, the erosion, more. sure. The slow yes. and steady erosion, yeah. Yes. 
And then over the last year, because I haven't had a TV and cable in my home for a long time, um, when I saw the media starting to become so biased and, and just all the negative projects that come out of Hollywood and television, I, I, I didn't even have cable while I was rearing my children because I didn't want them relating to each other like the Simpsons sure, or something. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, not a great role model uh, so no, that, no. That, that you get from the television. Can you can you take a beat real real quick, April? I got to take this break. This was a short segment. I'll come right back to you, and then Jeff and Mike, if that's cool. And I, I'd love to hear the rest of what you have here. Can you hold with me just one more moment? Oh, sure, sure. Thank you, thank you. And there's room for more. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll get the rest of April's testimony, and then I want to hear more from y'all. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're thinking about selling your home, planning on it, if you are in the midst of it and it's not going well, do call my friend James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. So many of my other friends have used him and have just wonderful things to say about him. He's the agent who guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay you the difference. Or for maximum convenience, he can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer within 24 hours of reaching out to him. The number one selling individual agent in Arizona. Give James Wexler a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler.com. We're talking to April in Scottsdale about her thoughts about uh, the country and uh, based on her experience from the 60s through today. April, thank you for staying with us. Uh, You're telling a fascinating tale here. Sure. You're welcome, South. My pleasure, actually, because the silent majority is no longer silent. I find myself and so many friends, say, who haven't been that involved in local politics, that are they're they're, they're staying standing up, mm-hmm. speaking up, speaking out. I mean, in public on the street corners mm-hmm. and on social media, posting evidences and facts, and and not falling into the ridiculous, I, it, it, immature and emotional banter that we've seen. Yeah. So, the hate language. I mean, it's like we're in high school again. It's ridiculous. And we've are, we've really become such an uh, an infantilized uh, society culture, haven't we? We really have. We've reduced yeah, forty well, and fifty and sixty and seventy year olds yes. to the but arrested the development of some kind of mental and emotional age of fourteen. Yes, the dumbing down of America, yep. the liberalization of education. It's all been so real and. Um, we we see well. We've seen this year that this knee-jerk, fear-informed re- public policy response mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. invalid, I should say, in, invalid. To invalidate, statistics, yeah. Well, no, statistics are not valid and reliable. Oh, okay. Statistics regarding COVID, right? And the corrupt CDC and who are. Um, putting forth a narrative that people are buying. And so it's very concerning, the brainwashing that has been going on with the media. And and so any evidence is facts that people can gather and put together in in an order and post or write to their local... uh, leaders, decision makers, because um, 
there does need to be some grassroots action. And there was a woman in California named Peggy Hall who started this organization called The Healthy American. And there are groups springing up all over the country. And what her group, when she first started in California, was able to do was uh, they, they learned the law and learned how to apply that law, existing statutes and ordinances, local ones, and then state law to show how the masking, the lockdowns were illegal. And so she got Orange County, it's my understanding, to lift the, the uh, mask mandate. And apparently this group is accomplishing some things around the country because I'm so tired of, of all the complaints and, and the powerlessness that everybody feels. Like, okay, well, what do we do? How, yeah. how do we... Yeah. You know, what yeah. do we do? Yeah. No, I think there's going to be a th- April. Thank you. And thank you for your service again and your patience. I, I think there's going to be a lot. As I say, we have now come to the reckoning of moving from the theoretical to the actual. We have been talking about this for the past year and especially the last six months. And now we see what happens. By the way, on masks, just a common sense question. Reagan said God gave us common sense. Just a common sense question. Surveys show that 90% of Americans wear masks where they're supposed to. Why, why, are, why are cases increasing? Just a common sense question. Why are they skyrocketing in places like Washington, D.C. and other places with pretty, um, pretty widespread mask mandates? Again, 90% of Americans say they wear masks where they're supposed to, and the cases are just going up, 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 we're told. Do we ever connect two lines of thoughts in this country anymore? Do we? I don't think we do. Uh, Mike, you have been very patient. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm good, Seth. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, first off, I just want to say I share something in common with your father. Uh, I was on Okinawa, albeit 30 years later than him. Oh, my god! I gosh. was on Okinawa wow. as well. Wow. Yeah, and wow. my wife and I were there. Our, actually, our daughter was born on, on Okinawa at the Army Hospital. I, I mean, the more I read about that battle, I mean, the more amazed I am. I, it's, it's, it was just a hell of a it's, thing. It was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. We were we were there in the early seventies. Uh, uh, as that last lady was talking, we were then at, kind of at the tail end of the Vietnam War. I never went in country to Vietnam, but just Okinawa was as close as I got. Sure, sure. Which, well, thank you for your service. Me. You bet. Well, you're, you're welcome. Uh, so, to your, I sent you an email last night. I don't know. I kind of got rambling in it. I don't know if you even had a chance to read it or not. But as far as I, I let me tell you and the rest of the audience, I, I've been in in between changing a few things. So if I'm not as responsive as I normally am, be patient. But I, I do okay. read everything yeah. that comes my way. Okay. No, no, no. That's that's fine. You, Thanks. You usually are very responsive to my emails, <laughs> quite frankly. You. So thank hey, you. You bet. Thank you for that. You bet. But uh, you know what? And and Hugh, I think it was Hugh Holman was talking about you know how how good the Republican Party looked if you will down ballot. In Arizona. In Arizona, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I get that. But my, my main point, my main concern was, and, and I, can tell, I can tell you I'm, I'm a little bit uneasy going forward in terms of the Republican Party. And the reason is, and I, I threw a bunch of guys into one category, and I call it the McCain kind of Republicans, and I threw Romney, and I even throw Lindsey Graham into that bucket. Okay, if the, if the party elders, party elites, if you will, don't understand what's happened to the Republican Party because of Trump, then we're going to we're going to squander it. We're going to lose it all again. I, and I say again, meaning I think they they squandered the Tea Party. OK, what yes, they did I agree with that to those people. I agree with so that. I, I, that's my biggest fear. And when I listen to Lindsey Graham and, and quite frankly, I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. OK, 
he, he'll say things and talk a big game, uh, you know, but when it comes, he's already talking about how to, you know, well, well, Biden should get whatever cabinet he wants. He deserves all that stuff. And you're, when you were talking to the, I think it was uh, Jonathan Tobin, and how they, they don't even recognize the positions of the conservatives as even, as even being legitimate. Right, yeah, right. He's, he's gonna, right. So you, you know what? You can't work with those people, and you've got to kind of fight fire with fire, and he's too weak need for me. And so I just see us rolling over. And, I, you know, even, uh, even Rubio came out the other day, I think, and said, well, Trump ought to just throw it all in and give it up, you know, you know concede and, and, and take the loss and move on. I said, if we go forward with those weak need guys, in 2024, if, if we put a Romney type up again, we're going to lose again. I we're, we're, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you, Mike. And there's all these stories, and I think it's a little bit ginned up, quite frankly, that there's these divisions in the Democratic Party. I don't think there are. I, I, I don't think the divisions are there. I think they're all pretty much on the same page. It's just some are more voluble than others. But there are a few divisions and in in our in our on our side. And they're not that great, though, I have to tell you. I, yeah, I worry about Lindsey Graham a lot, you bet. But, you know, you look at some of these other elites, like Mitch McConnell. How good has he been? And you look at our bench of Christy yeah, Noam oh, and Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton and um, Ron DeSantis in Florida. It's pretty good looking. Let me, let me pause on that and come right back with you. I'll be right back. That's for the Navy, right? That song. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Mike, we were talking about uh, the, uh, the the movement going forward, the party going forward, and the concern about those who don't have, let's say, the fighting spirit in them. Right. And right. I, 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 and, and I think their days of being listened to, quite honestly, are numbered. I really do. I really do think that. I, I don't think we're going to hear much from them anymore uh, because Donald Trump showed us when you stand strong and fight, you can win. Um, the quote that keeps coming to mind is something a Democrat once said, but I think it's right. Gene McCarthy. Remember, get clean with Gene. Gene McCarthy. Yep. Mm-hmm. He said the chief purpose of moderate Republicans is to shoot the wounded after the battle is over. Not a great line. The chief purpose yeah. of moderate Republicans is to shoot the wounded after the battle is over. But right. what? But what battle did those moderates ever win? They yeah. didn't. They just they, don't. They didn't. Right. Exactly. They don't. No. So, so I think we have to keep in mind what their purpose is, and their purpose is perhaps to represent a certain segment, but not the segment that knows how to fight and wants to win. Well, I I hope. I hope you're right, and and actually, I think uh, the something that could be working in our favor towards that is the Democrats. Yeah, and I say that because between now and 2022, they'll do as they, oh yes, oh yes, they'll overreach. Oh yes, as they always seem yes, to yes, do. Yes, yes, as they always do. <clears throat> and Absolutely. I think I think that will help us <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah, I don't have to describe uh, who they are anymore. They'll show us. No, exactly. And when exactly. parties show you who they are, believe them. Yeah, why, why, would right. why, why would you not? Right. Why would you not? So I, I hope I hope you're right. I want to keep the faith. Yep. Uh, I know a lot of people in in my neighborhood. A lot of people I talk to, and we just got back from California, and 
uh, my son lives over there with his wife and, and new baby, and there's a lot of a lot of it around. There's a lot of people around that are that are very upset with yeah. it. Now, let me ask you. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Just yeah. and I think I think I I don't disagree at all with with Trump doing what he's doing as far as yeah. you know the ballots and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's going to fall short because first of all, if you just recount the bad ballots, what's that going to do? But the part I'm struggling with is. There will be no no ramifications to anybody. Nobody was going. Nobody's going to go to jail for doing anything that they've done. Okay, that is that. I accept that as a given fact. But what's the remedy? Oh, I have a remedy. I have a remedy. Thank you, Mike. I'm sorry I have to run. I have a remedy. Republican state legislatures, and we dominate the state legislatures and governors need to get rid of mail-in balloting, Uh, or I should say, unrequested mail-in balloting. That would be the first remedy. They can. And they should. By the way, errata. I think I misattributed uh, the quote, we have awakened a sleeping giant after Pearl Harbor. Uh, caller said this. It's, it, Churchill said something close to that. But that direct line has been attributed to Admiral Yamamoto. I think fictitiously, if I'm not mistaken. But he was, we had a caller say, are you sure it wasn't Yamamoto? I think it was attributed to Yamamoto. All right. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.